So I wanted to try and tie in something that Dina had asked me about last week, which was this notion of messianism and the idea that some people feel that we're close to the messianic era. And to tie it in with the Shira Tayyam that we're coming up with on Shri Shel Pesach, which will be all about the notion of uh, the Mashiach and the David um, Hamelach Suda or the, um, the Sudas Mashiach uh, by the Hasidim. And how does that fit in with the, the end times that we are reading about on the internet from the church and some, uh, some folks who think uh, that, that this is uh, the harbinger of the end time. And to, to hook it up with uh, my own musings on the subject. So I want to present to you today a couple of Midrashim that talk about the end times. So let's dive in. And we're going to tie it in with uh, the ninth plague. So this one is an Eliyahu Zuta Medrash, 7th century, Tono Debe Eliyahu. And I sent everybody a copy of the, of the source material already. Um, and it was darkness or fog. However, for the Israelites in Egypt, it was a light in their dwellings. And it says there in Exodus uh, 14, The Medrash is going to tap into this notion that uh, this produced, the ninth plague went into the tenth and produced the wonderful Exodus, which is a miraculous thing, and the Shirat Hayam, the crossing of the Red Sea. But we've never had uh, anything since like that. Uh, no one ever came to rescue us in any geula like that. And at the end of time, God will say to Am Yisrael, Bonai, my children, come and receive from me a kos, a, uh, a cup, a goblet of uh, tanchumim, of uh, consolation. It's an amazing scene, what is really going on. But at the end of time, God will somehow realize that we've suffered uh, through Gula, and it's time to wrap things up, and he wants to offer us this, this cup of consolation. The Omrim Yisrael and Israel will will respond. Rebbeinu Shalolam, b'tchila ka'asta aleinu v'hitzesanu mitoch beisecha v'higlisanu lebein ha'akum v'achshav bata lefayesosanu. At the beginning of this long exile, you 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 got angry with us and took us out of uh, your home, Yerushalayim or the Beis Hamikdash, v'higlisanu lebein ha'akam. And you exiled us among the nations. And now you come to appease us. It's interesting that Am Yisrael doesn't feel they have the right to accept that goblet uh, because of all those who suffered in the history. And what right does a person have to accept forgiveness uh, 
for someone else who was a victim. Let me give you a mashal. So in the ancient times and even modern times, there are societies when a man marries his niece. Um, she's young. It gives protection to the brother who maybe has other children. And So she is very young. He is much older. He's his uncle. She's very exposed, fragile. Um, she is uh, young. She's vulnerable. So one time he had a rage attack. And he kicked her out. Now she's on the streets. She's got nowhere to go. She's young. In those societies, a woman was very vulnerable. So after some time, he comes searching for her and he, he, he reaches her and he wants to appease her. And she said, You know, you, you, you are the one that got angry at me. You, 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 you kicked me out of your house. Now you're coming to appease me? I mean, what, what's going on in this mashal? What is she saying to him? She's saying, you're the one that caused this whole business. You're the one that kicked me out. Stop trying to appease me. Try, try and fix yourself. I mean, you, you have these rage attacks and you, it's going to happen again. So what, what, are you kind, what are you trying to do now by appeasing me, just to get me in back into the house? He says to her, Shema Toma Belibcha. Maybe you said, Maybe you said to yourself that, you know, when I kicked you out of, uh, of, of the house, so then I went back into my house and it was comfortable. No. I also didn't go back into my house. So the appeasement is in the mashal that the raging uncle who kicked her out, he also suffered. That's the implication of the mashal. I am appeasing you, not because I'm fixing my own rage, but I'm appeasing you because I want you to know that I suffered alongside you because I didn't go back into my house. Now, as I always say, the mashal is very powerful. It contains hidden speech. And before you go into the nimshal, you've just got to sit with it to realize how powerful this narrative is. Because at the end of the day, and that's the end of the mashal, the point is about appeasement, about forgiveness and resentment. And the kid who's exposed and vulnerable is out on the street, has been left out there. And what is the pius? What is the appeasement? The appeasement is the narcissism of the husband to think that it's all about him. I was out in the cold just like you. Therefore what? Therefore you should come home because I suffered just like you did. But she was the victim. <laughs> and I just need you to know that before we go into the nimshal, because clearly the Bala Medrash is trying to tell us about the kos shel tanchumim, the cup of consolation that God is going to give us at the end times in the messianic era. And we're refusing it like that girl, because we, we point it back on, on him. Ka'asta 
You were the one who were raging against us. You kicked us out among the nations into the long, dark night of exile. Okay, now let's go to the Nimshel. From the day I destroyed my house down below, the base Amikdosh, the footstool, I never returned upstairs to my house, to the Pantheon. I dwelt and batel, I was wasted, just staying outside, doing nothing. Wow. So what God is saying to Am Yisrael, to ask them to be Mephias them, after they refused the Koshel Tanchumim, is again saying, like the uncle, I never went home. Well, what is home? The Yerushalayim Shelmala and Yerushalayim Shelmata. Throughout the long exile, I never went home to my house upstairs. Now, the Bala Medrash adds something that was not in the Mashal. So this Va'omar, I think, was a later addition because the Mashal was so symmetrical, right? The Drush should have ended like that. I never went home, just like the husband never went home. But someone added the following that it really radicalizes the whole thing. Now, if you don't believe me, meaning you don't believe that I went home, that I, I stayed outside, that I was in Galut with you. Uh, the Pasuk says, right? I was with you in the Tzara, in, in your travails. If you don't believe me, that I didn't go back home, Tenu et yedechem al roshi. Put your hands on my head. And then he quotes from Shira Shirim. The Shira Shirim is from chapter 5. Ani yesheina libi er. I am asleep, but my heart is pounding. Kol dodi dofeg. My beloved is knocking. Pitchi li achoti rayoti yonati tamati. Please, Open the door, let me in, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. Why? I'm outside and it's raining. Sheroshi nimlatal. My head is filled with dew. Kavuto sirasise loilo. My locks are filled with the drops of, from the night. So God says, if you don't believe me, put your head, hands on my head. Sheroshi nimlatal. That my head is wet from the rain, from being outside. I think that's just an absolutely stunning anthropomorphism, number one. And number two, the notion that we just can't believe God. He offers us the Koshel Tanchumim. It's now the time for the Messiah or the end of days. And he says, come on, let's sit down. Let's get reconciled. Here, let's have a good scotch. And we say, excuse me, we are full of resentment. Because the, the, the proof text is, and there was darkness for Mitzrayim, and there was light for Bnei Israel, and then God took us out. So this whole Yitzhak Mitzrayim, was never reenacted again because 
the Balamedrash is saying that Am Yisrael says to him, we don't go back to the to the Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. We go back to the the Churban Bias. The Churban Bias. So that was from either the first or the second Churban. And from then on, we've been out in the cold, like that little niece. So we're bringing this to the proof text of the Galut Mitzrayim. Clearly, the underlying protest is, you never took us back. Meaning, there was never a Geula like Mitzrayim. When you kicked us out of the Beis Hamikdash, you never brought us back. So Achakach means at the end of time, God will offer us the Koshel Tanchumim, maybe because in protest, the Balamedrish is saying, we needed to offer, uh, God needed to offer us this, this cup of consolation, since somehow he was unwilling, didn't have the power, was out to lunch, whatever reason and therefore needs to offer us this consolation at the end of time. And we say, you, you're coming to offer that now? Isn't it a bit too late? And then the response is in the mashal that reveals in the mashal, the fictional narrative where we can say things because it's fiction that are really quite radical and outrageous. What kind of an uncle would kick his daughter out for days on end, his niece, and then come back to her and instead of apologizing, basically in a narcissistic way say, I too didn't go back home. Meaning, you shouldn't feel so bad because I too suffered. It's about me and my suffering. The implication being that God in Galut also suffered. And the proof text is Shiashirim. Put your hand on my on my head. Because if you put your hand on my head, you'll see that it's it's sopping wet. Which means I was outside my house. I didn't go back home. Here's the proof. And that is the Tanchumin. I see in this both a protest in what kind of a response is it? It's a narcissistic response. You know, I too suffered. Here, take the cup of consolation. We both suffered. But the disparity in power between the uncle and the niece and between God and Am Yisrael is so glaring that you, it, it's, it's almost farcical. It's almost farcical. I want to contrast that with another Midrash. And uh, this Midrash <coughs> is from Pirkei de this Pirkei Rabeleza talks about that Tal of Tchias HaMesim. And it says as follows. Omer Rabbi Tanchum, Adame takiptu tiflo vaisi eretz rufaim, tapil simlot Tchias Tal. On the count of the seed of the earth, when it, it, when it is commanded, tapil simlot Tchias Tal, it discharges the dew for the resurrection of the dead. Ula osid leva minar. And in the future, where will it come from? Where will this tal from the Tchiyas HaMesim arise? Sa'arosho, from the head of the Holy One. Umori Tchiyas Tal, umachayet HaMesim. And from the head of the Holy One, blessed be, is full of the reviving dew. In the future, Hashem will, he will shake his head, 
umorit chiastal, and that will cause the quickening dew to descend. Sheneemar, the same pasuk in Shiashirim that we had before. Pitchi li achoti rayati yonati sheroshi nimlatal. So here, the verse, Sheroshi Nimlatal, my head is full of dew, is not uh, used as an excuse to prove that he was outside all the time and his hair got wet. But the, the wetness in the hair, which obviously is on his head, uh, will, he's going to shake it and that will fall down and cause... Am Yisrael to be uh, awakened. I was asleep and my heart was awake, so it will be wakened for um, the Tal of Trias Amesim. So the Lord justifies the long exile by shaking the very head of dew, the metaphor for desire in the Song of Songs. Can you see how the journey of that Pasuk has gone. It's gone from, I am outside in the cold, wet rain, and the perspiration of my desire for you, my love, please open the door and let me in, to the justification that that raindrops and, and, and rain on my head uh, proves that I too was outside in Galut, to the end time where I will shake that very head of of hair filled with rain, and it will bring down the drops of Trias Amesim. Absolutely stunning metaphor in the Midrashic imagination uh, that goes the gamut, you know, of the Shihashiring being the proof text of this relationship with all its dysfunctionality between a lover and the beloved, uh, between in the Midrashic Mashal, a man and his wife, albeit the wife being in a very weak position, and in the future time, the offering of consolation by using that same metaphor of the Tal of Trias Amesim. And now my last citation comes from the Gemara and Brochus, which there is also a mashal used in the marital sense. And it says, starting from a pasuk in Yeshayahu, Vatome Tzion Azovani Hashem, Tzion says, the Lord has forsaken me, V'Hashem Shechachani, and God has forgotten me. Hainu Azuva, Hainu Shechuchu. The Gemara is bothered uh, in its usual Midrashic manner by the double Loshan of Azavani and Shechachani. He has forsaken me and he's forgotten me. The double entendre is redundant. Of course, Vatometzion is a, is a prophetic, it's a poetic, and so the, the, uh, it's very common in biblical uh, poetry to have um, doubling of metaphors. But the Gomorrah is, is taking it in a literary, uh, literal way and is questioning that the Bible is always economic in its language and therefore the double lotion obviously is begging for an explanation and an exposition. Why did we have to repeat that God forsook me and forgot me? The two are synonymous. So So now there's a dialogue. So a man acquires a second wife. And it's common, apparently, <laughs> certainly in the ancient uh, late antique period, psychologically, He's always either comparing the second wife to the first wife, you know, your cholent isn't like her, or he's saying it to himself, or he's thinking it. 
But he's always comparing Rishona Zoche Maaseh Rishona. Okay. And Ata Azavtani Veshachani. But you, we were your first wife. And then you kicked us out. And you, of course, must have taken in another wife. Another nation became your favorite nation. But but you, unlike what is common when a, mar- a man takes a second wife, Shechatani. You left us, yes, you kicked us out, you forsake us for your second wife, but you never remembered us, you never compared us, you forgot us. It's it's almost a double curse. It's hard enough that you took in a second wife, but it's a double curse that you didn't even remember the first wife. You didn't remember us. And now God comes up with this response. Omolai Kodesh Baruch Biti. My daughter, and here he goes, Yud base Mazolos Barossi, I created 12 constellations, Pleiades and Kima, and all the constellations in the heavens, Barokia. Vialkol Mazalu Mazal Barossi Lo Shloshim Chayal. And every constellation has its own Shloshim Chayal. He's going to go into this whole uh, military metaphor now. So each one has. 30 battalions, and every one of those battalions had 30 troop commands, and for each troop command, I created 30 companies, and every company had 30 uh, battalions, Valkol Karton Vakarta Brosi de Shloshim Gistera, and every battalion had another, each one had another group of soldiers. Valkol Gistera Vakistra, Talisi Bo Shloshmeos Vashishim Vachamisha Alfe Ribo Kochovim. And every Gistra, I hung on every Gistra 365. Thousand stars, connected Yemos Hachama, like the solar days in the year. That's amazing. <laughs> I created this complete constellation plus the multiple subdivisions of the constellations, and upon the lowest of those 365,000 stars, Lo and I only created them for you. And you said, I forsook you and I forgot you? And then he quotes another posok in Yeshayahu. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Do you think I forgot the burnt offerings and the the rams, upitre rachamim, and the firstborn baby calves, shehikravtolifonai ba midbar. You think that I forgot these uh, these th- 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 you gave to me? So, Am Yisrael <laughs> then says, okay, so you didn't forget us. Well, if you didn't forget us, did you? Maybe you didn't also forget the naughty stuff. Yes, I understand. There's no forgetting then. So maybe the reason that we're out in the cold and we've suffered so long, maybe you didn't forget that and that resentment has kept you from restoring us to our original uh, status as your first wife. 
Meaning, okay, we both agree that we're important, that you did it all for us. But still, that doesn't get rid of the fact that you've got a very good memory. Very good. You've got a very good memory. Well, maybe this, this will stimulate your memory. Maybe you're the Marseille ego. So God says from another posuk, the posuk after that in Yeshayahu, Gam Eile Tishkacherno. Okay. Amru Lafonov. Rabbonu Shalom. Ho el vye shikhecho lifnei kizik vodecho. Shema tishkachli mase sinai. So maybe if you you are forgetting now, because remember he says there's no shikhecho. Can a woman forget her nursing child? So then he brings another posuk. And he says, even these will be forgotten. So that he does have forgetfulness. So then we come back at him. Well, if you forgot the Maaseh Ego, maybe you forgot Har Sinai when we became wedded together. And then he brings another posuk. Yet I will not forget thee. It's such a, an amazing dialogue about using Yeshayahu as the proof text Right? It's like going back to the Torah, which in fact is the Ksuba, the Ksuba and pointing out uh, little verses in the Ksuba to prove your point. But we started with what was customary in the ancient late antique period. A man takes a second wife. He doesn't forget the first. He remembers her. And then God responds with a kind of cosmology. I created the whole world for you. And you now are thinking that I would forgive you or forsake you, meaning using that verse from Isaiah. So then we come back at him and says, well, there's another verse that says there's no shichachah. So maybe you forgot that, but you didn't forget the Masai Ego. And then he says, no, I'll show you in the Ksuba, in Yesaya, that gam eile tishka, I'll forget these. Well, if you forget that... Maybe you forgot how Sinai that we had a ksuba, we got married. So he splits the verse. He splits it the way we were trying to understand the redundancy of Azovani and Shechachani. Beautiful drush in which we circle back on this idea of the redundancy of Shechecha and Azuva, now we're going to see that there is no redundancy because they doesn't make sense. Gam Eile Tishkachena, these I will forget, lo but you I will not forget. And he ends up with Gam Eile Tishkachena, that's the Mase Ego. I'm going to forget those, lo Sinai, I will not forget these. This dramatic dialogue in, brought in this, in this Gemara, in this Agadita, uh, there is no real mashal, but the dialogue is startling. When a man marries a second wife, he always seems to compare and remember the first wife. This is a fact of life, and it's now applied to God and Am Yisrael. Using the proof text from Yeshayahu and the apparent redundancy of the term forsaking and forgetting, this opens up the complaint. A man who marries a woman after his first wife remembers the deeds, but you have forsaken and forgotten us. And the response is a caring, loving deity who created the entire cosmos for the sake of Am Yisrael. So how could you possibly think he would forget or forsake? 
So that it should have ended our anxiety. You didn't forget us, but we don't. We use that opportunity to jump back in with the possibility that the lack of forgetting might also include the sin of the golden calf, whereupon the redundancy of the verse in Yeshayahu comes a full rhetorical circle, for surely nothing is redundant in the Torah. So for the forgetting in the sins of the past and not forsaking, uh, is the memory of acceptance of the law at Har Sinai. This is a comforting text that has no built-in protest, no mashal hiding the hidden complaints and the criticisms. They are all out there for all to see. In fact, uh, this is the Gemara in Brachas in 32, and it's troping on Vatometzion Azovani Hashem Vadonoi Shechechoni. And that is a lament verse from Isaiah that the Agadata, the Chazal, are trying to expose uh, this wonderful dialogue through the redundancy of the two expressions. And I thought to present to you these three Midrashim. As we go through hard times, and for me, everything is a trajectory. That is, I love this idea uh, that we have nodal points in Jewish history in which we are plotting uh, the, the nodal points on a map, on a graph, in which we start with the Gulat Mitzrayim, then we go through the Galut of Poras, Modai, Bovel, and the Roman Galut, and uh, we plot that trajectory through all our historical tragedies, uh, through the Crusade period, which I didn't talk about today, that mention similar protests uh, all the way to our times. Have a wonderful Yontif and a good Moyet, everybody.